You're listening to the UAMS AgeWise podcast, the show that brings you beneficial information about healthy aging, caregiving, and so much more. Every episode, we share the latest information about geriatric topics and have some fun along the way. Before we get started, we want to make sure that everyone understands this is an educational, conversational event. We aren't giving medical advice. Hello and welcome to the UAMS AgeWise podcast. My name is Vanessa Lee and I'll be your host today. On today's episode, we'll be talking about disaster preparedness for seniors. I'm joined with our outreach coordinator, Laura Spradley. Hello, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. Laura has taught so many people about preparing for a disaster, so we're so excited that she's sitting down with us today to give us all the details. Laura, I know we don't like to think about the worst, but can you tell us why it's important older adults are always prepared for a disaster? Oh, wow. Yes, that's a great question, Vanessa. If I've learned anything, and I know you have lately, we just have to always be prepared. Uh, go back to our Boy Scout and Girl Scout mottos that we all think about growing up. But in particular, disasters just happen when we least expect them. So I am just out here trying to spread the word, and in particular, for our senior or older adults to be adequately prepared. So what we're trying to do, Vanessa, is educate and remind our older adults that it's a never, never, never too late to plan and prepare. Even a small step towards planning is better than doing nothing. All right, so I wanna remind everyone, anything you can do will help you out. In regards to weather events, we usually have notice. We might have several hours and we might have a day's notice. So just be prepared. Can you imagine how you'll feel the next time you get one of those weather storm alerts and you can say, oh, I am ready. I've got everything I need in my disaster kit. And that goes to say for your car as well. Uh, We encourage everyone to have a disaster kit in their car because you never know when you're going to have a flat tire or something happen while you're traveling and you're stuck on the road for a, a long time. You need to be prepared. I always say it's like when you used to travel with small children in the car, have a plan and have supplies to to get you through whatever's going on. So we're going to talk about seven steps today and they are to have our seniors be aware and stay up to date. So they're going to have to have that weather radio and know what's going on have a plan and have a support group established before the disaster. Establish your communication plan, how you're gonna communicate with your loved ones. We're gonna talk about how to build those kits for your home and your car. And then importantly, uh, gathering important documents as well as your disaster kits. And then most importantly, practice your plan. Tell others about it, that you're doing it and where you keep your kit and then In the rare event that you have to evacuate, have a plan for evacuating as well. So think of this as a peace of mind, a little insurance policy that you're going to have in the case you get surprised by a disaster. So that's what we're trying to do, Vanessa. Awesome. And that's such a great point that sometimes you just don't know what you'll need and when you'll need it. And so how should seniors evaluate their needs to find out what they will need before a disaster hits? Sure. And here again, this is uh, highly individualized, but a lot of it's not. So I like to say, if you live by yourself, it's just you. So you can make the list yourself. But if you have a spouse or family members living with you, convene a little get together and make it a fun event. You know, um, start making a list and pretend, say, what if we couldn't leave our house for two to three days? What would we need to survive? So this is a good way to start. Pretend you had to be here. What would you absolutely need? All right. And then pick you a container or a box and you might have to purchase that later on. But it can be it can be um, something you already have in the home. 
what would you need? Everyone's going to have a different list. Some people are going to have medical supplies, medicines that they absolutely can't live without, assistive equipment that they absolutely need and that, that is essential, um, sleep equipment, oxygen, things like that. Then you get down to the things like food and water, and you have to think about that for two to three days. What would you need? Uh, how would you stay clean, dry, and warm to the extent that you can um, during a disaster? And then just write this down. And what it does is it makes you think about it. Then I ask people to go back through and say, okay, well, that's a pretty long list. Maybe all those things really aren't essential to survive for two to three days. Uh, so kind of whittle down your list or else you're going to have, you know, a huge closet full of disaster preparedness items. So, uh, but you do have to think of everyone involved that may be in your household because people will have different needs. And then again, put it in that um, we recommend a plastic waterproof kind of container or box because, uh, you know, water is one of the biggest ways to, to lose things. Keep that list handy and review it every year on what your essential items are because it might change from year to year. And then your car kit obviously is going to be something on a much smaller scale, but obviously in some kind of a plastic uh, container that won't damage, it could be even metal. And then just a much, much smaller version for your car. And we're going to go through the details of that later. But just individualize it uh, from, from your family standpoint. And probably one of the best things you could do is, and I'm not just touting one program, but you could go out and watch our program on disaster preparedness at agec.ums.edu to get even more ideas on how to just start planning. The last thing I like to tell people to plan uh, for is make it an annual event and do it with your loved ones to say, hey, have you reviewed your disaster preparedness kit? It's New Year's. Have you thought about looking at your kit again and making sure everything's still good in there? Are the granola bars that you put in there two to three years old? Those kind of things. So do it in the spirit of caring for each other. That's what I like to say. Awesome. And I'm glad you mentioned to review that list every year because our needs do change. Absolutely. So now let's talk supplies. Can you tell our listeners what their checklist should look like? Sure. And here again, I ask them to you know, do their homework because each list is going to be different. But I have just a basic list I want to go over with everyone. Essential, water. And here's what they say. One gallon per day per person. So that's going to take a little storage, all right? So one gallon per day per person. And this is drinking water, okay? So drinking water. Some non-perishable food items. And if you have those non-perishable food items like canned meats, tuna, chicken, what do you need? Can opener. Don't forget the can opener <laughs> so that you can get to your essential food, okay? Um, this is a big one. Personal first aid kit, all right? Got to have that. Band-Aids, Neosporin, alcohol wipes, just some basic uh, first aid essentials. Batteries, 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 and of course, battery-powered flashlights or camp lights. You know, you see those um, anywhere you go, basically, um, especially in the disaster area or section of a, of a store, they'll have those. Extra clothing, you got to think about that. I know people don't like this one, but it's cash. You never know when you might just need some cash, okay? So have some cash handy. Oh, solar chargers. That's a big one too. And then uh, maybe even some extra batteries to help out with that, where you can have those, um, oh, they're solar stick, you know, the sticks where you have, you, you can charge up your phone to have even another uh, charge ready to go. I like to tell people to have a plastic or a paper 
plate type for each person and plastic or throwaway silverware for each person and then some dish soap so that if you are able to rewash, you can spray disinfectant. If we've learned that during the pandemic, that's very, very important. Some waterproof matches in case you had to light a fire or an outdoor grill. Um, and then this is so important for our older adults, three to five days worth of your prescription medicines. And this is again why the annual review is very, very important to be sure you're still on those medicines. And most pharmacies will work with you to give you a two to three day supply of your medicines if you tell them, you know, I'm just trying to have a backup plan in case of an emergency. And then you get into things like that are very, very personal, personal hygiene items. Uh, it's probably always a good idea to have a blanket or a whistle, and that's for the disaster workers that might be trying to find us. That whistle is so important. The pandemic has alerted us to lots of other items that we might want to think about, disposable gloves, hand sanitizers, and of course the face masks. And then you just get into things that are very, very individualized, like hearing aid batteries, uh, tarps, trash bags, things like that. Your list is going to be a little bit different from each household. But the main thing I want to also recommend that people throw in there is an emergency contact list. And this is going to be kept inside your box so that in the event of a disaster and you aren't able to speak, someone that uh, finds you or locates you knows who to contact. And this just helps them out. So it's also about helping other people in the event, in the event of a disaster. I know that was a lot, Vanessa, but it's just when you start thinking about what we need for two to three days, the list can get long. Oh, yeah, there's so much. Yeah, you're making me realize just all of the things that I would need to pack. <laughs> and then obviously your list for the car would be much smaller, but a lot of those things are very applicable as well. We like to tell people to always have a flashlight in the car, always have a tarp, you know, if you get stuck out there in a rainy day. And the water is also very important. Just keep at least a gallon of water in your car so that if something happens, you could get by for a while. So it's just, you know, the car would be a much smaller scenario. Awesome. Thank you for all that information. And Laura, in addition to supplies and household preparedness, can you tell our listeners what important documents they should include in their disaster preparedness planning? Sure. And this is another important topic. And uh, it's just important to think about, um, not even for disasters, but just to have this ready because it's peace of mind for you. But it's more importantly, peace of mind for those loved ones that are going to be around you trying to help you in the event of a disaster. It's important to have your legal paperwork together and your medical paperwork. This would be a power of attorney. A durable power of attorney helps you with who can help pay your bills for you if you're not able to do that, who can do paperwork for you, authorized to make decisions in that regard for you. And then your medical durable power of attorney helps your healthcare team know who they can talk to to make healthcare decisions in the event that you're not able to make those very, very important healthcare decisions. And that's just so important. It's important for our loved ones to know that we have this done as well. And then the last one that we don't like to talk about is a living will and to have that prepared. And this is in the event that you're no longer able to talk to someone. They know your plans for how you want to die with dignity in your planning. So nothing that is fun to talk about, but so essential in planning for a disaster. Other important pieces of paper that I tell people to have in their disaster kit or beside their disaster kit in a fireproof, waterproof box, or if you don't want to do that, 
put these documents on a memory stick and put that in your fireproof box. And here are those items I would like people to think about. Copies of your medication list, copies of your financial contact information and sources. People don't know where you bank. Your loved ones might not know where you bank, where your retirement accounts reside, those kind of things. Have a copy of your credit card accounts listed somewhere. Never hurts to have a copy of your driver's license stuck away or your passport in case, you know, someone's trying to help you in that regard. Medical and dental uh, insurance cards. And sometimes I even tell people to stick a copy of their vehicle title in there. It's just good information to have where if someone's trying to help you, they can go to that box and find it. I tell people to think about also having a copy or a list of their um, family contacts and phone numbers because if our phones go down and we lose those important contacts in our phone think about it how many phone numbers could we really really recall from memory i'm getting really bad about that one i don't know about you vanessa but that's that's one that we i think (laughs) we need to really focus on because we don't remember those phone numbers and also it's a good idea to write down important physical addresses that you would want people to be able to reach out and contact other people on your behalf. Uh, Here again, if they're all on our phone and we lose it, we're in trouble. Um, You can get into a lot of things, but have your will and estate papers, obviously, in a waterproof, fireproof box. And of course, those medical power of attorneys and advanced directives have those in there. But the medical things also need to be with your healthcare provider. And that's also another place that people can say, well, I know she told me she gave it to her doctor's office. So that's a a good way to have that as a backup plan. And then I like to tell people the most important thing is if you have a lockbox, say in a bank, and that's where you keep your um, important papers, that's all fine. But you know what? Someone needs to know you have that lockbox and then someone needs to know where the key is. And obviously this would be a very trusted person in your life that you want to know where's your lockbox and where is that key. I think I've touched on everything, but just if you think about it, just important papers that you'd want to be able to grab. And you know what? The other thing is to think about if you did have to evacuate, you'd want to grab that box and you've got everything in that box and you're ready to go. Awesome. And I know you mentioned, you know, letting somebody know if you have something in the bank or anything like that. So um, should older adults let other trusted friends and relatives know just what their disaster needs and plans are? Absolutely. And again, I'm not just saying that you tell this to just anybody. These are people that you would carefully think about, okay, Um, that you trust. It's someone that you would want to uh, know where your important box is, like I said, or where your uh, bank box is located and where you either keep the key for your bank box in your house or actually um, it's probably not a bad idea to have a trusted friend or relative have a key to your lockbox as a backup. That's just words of wisdom because things, stranger things have happened where someone can't find the key. And in the event, you think about it, in the event of a tornado or a flood, that might be lost during the disaster. Here again, I like to stress that if you kind of make this as a family plan and something you're going to check on annually, that group will know that, oh, she has her disaster kit in the front hall closet or et cetera. She keeps her papers here. And if you make it an annual event and two, three, four of you are checking on each other, you should all know where each other's items are located, um, those kind of things. So if it, it kind of makes it where, like I said before, you're checking on each other in the spirit of love and caring about disasters. But obviously you wouldn't do this with just a total stranger. So it needs to be someone that you trust and love. And then once a year, 
have to reevaluate. And unfortunately, you know, we, we may not have those same relatives close by that can, that can help us out or in the very sad event that we've lost someone. So that's why we always just say once a year, you know, maybe on New Year's Day, everybody's home or hanging out. You get out and say, oh, gosh, we need to look at our disaster stuff. Kind of like checking your, you know, your fire and all those kind of things that you do in your home once a year. Just add your disaster plan on that things to do list. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and sharing all of this important information. Absolutely. Absolutely, Vanessa. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. And for those of you tuning in, we also have an online course that Laura mentioned about disaster preparedness that you can take on your own time for more information and review. You can find that on our website. It's agec.uams.edu. We'll also link it for you in the show notes. You can also email us at agec.uams.edu. If this is your first time tuning in, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all the educational episodes we have planned. You can find all of the information about this episode and our social media handles in the show notes. I'd also like to invite you to leave a review or drop us a comment telling us what you'd like to see in the future. At agec.uams.edu, you'll be able to find free resources and programs that we offer. See you next time.